Welcome to this, the April edition of the GPS Training Podcast. It's our 21st episode. Today, we have a couple of guests. We have Ian, who delivers our training course in the south of England, and we have Ross from a business called Burton McCall. So without further ado, let's go on with today's podcast. In today's podcast, we have a look at the following. We talked to Ian about his experiences of the Garmin Phoenix 5 Plus, the GPS watch from Garmin. We talked with Ross from Burton McCall all about portable power. And then we have Ian's FAQs, both Garmin and Sapphire. First thing we have on this month's GPS training podcast is chat with Ian regarding his experience of the Garmin Garmin Phoenix 5 Plus GPS watch. So welcome Ian back to the GPS training podcast and you're here in Northumberland. With I am, yes, a we've special been, visit. We've dragged you up <laughs> from the south of England for a SatMap course yes. that you're delivering for us tomorrow. So yes. we're here on a really Friday evening um, and uh, we're talking about Garmin watches yeah. and we've got a SatMap course. Yeah. But don't worry SatMap users, we've got a special treat for you and your yeah. FAQs, don't we? Two of them this week. Two Month. FAQs for SatMap. Yes. So... Ian, you received the Phoenix 5 Plus. I may add, you bought out of your hard-earned own money as a Christmas present. Or somebody bought it for you as a Christmas present, didn't they, I think? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you've had it now three months. Um, and um, I'm really interested to know your thoughts and feedback and experiences of the Phoenix 5 Plus. So I know over the last uh, month or so, because we've been doing these GPS watch taster days, um, we've been working a lot with Gon. We've had some direct training from them as well. Yep. So we've also, I, I certainly learned a lot more about the, the, the using the watch as well. So again, you've got a, your next uh, GPS watch taster days in the South Downs on Saturday, 6th of April. So you've got, if you've listened to this just as the podcast is launched, you've got yourself about a week to get yourself booked on that. They're just five pounds. And uh, Ian will showcase the watches to you. And uh, if you're not going to watch, that, well, the main, the made for you. If you've not got a GPS watch, you can lo- borrow one of ours, and you can see what all the fuss about. So thinking back to your own experiences of the Garmin Phoenix Five Plus watch, Ian, what are your initial thoughts about the watch, the way it feels, the size, how it looks, those kind of things? Um, well, I think the uh, my initial thoughts were, did I really want one, John? Yeah. You know, it's sort of like. Yeah, as in one of the earlier podcasts about the Map sixty six, I knew I was going to buy a Map sixty six. It didn't, it didn't matter. Come hell or high water, I was going to buy a Map sixty six. So when it came to the Phoenix, I was like, looked at the watches, looked at the watches, thinking, do I need one? Do I want one? Yes, I would like one, but you know, they're um, they're not cheap. No. Um, and I looked at the features, and I thought, well, yes, I like I like a lot what is on there. So um, having done, I think, like a lot of people do at that sort of money quite a bit of research mm-hmm. uh looked at it and then went for it got it for christmas and what a great what a great <laughs> what, <laughs> but it is it is is i mean i just i mean as well as telling you the time uh i do like um there are lots of like they have what they call garmin call widgets yeah um about your health your general health um I know some people say, oh, but your phone, your smartphone will tell you yeah. the number of steps, but it, it's getting your phone out, isn't it? It's just there. Yeah. It's on your wrist. 
um, you've got all this sort of stuff available to you. You get notifications come through for text. All right, we don't like. I don't like being tied to texts, but it's nice. You can just see it. I can even see how Southampton are doing, mm-hmm. uh, which isn't always great at the moment. But even so, you know, you get notifications. Um, and so I think the main driving thing about it, it's your general daily health. Yeah. Um, when the tr- you and I we did the training with Tom mm-hmm. from Dalesman. Um, one that we did discuss that was whether good or bad one to have was the stress. Yes. Um, and I think at times, uh, you know, I think Tom said he turns the stress yeah. off. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, and, and again, I haven't used it all the time, but again, it, it has, I think, a very interesting one of monitoring your what sort of sleep that you yeah. have. And when you think back on how you slept, you think, well, actually, yeah, that's actually quite accurate as yeah, to how yeah. I've slept. So for the you've night. been using a lot of those fitness side of it, you know, your yeah. sleep patterns, your stress levels, your how fitness. Because I know you do a fair bit of exercise in the gym a few times a week. Mm. You've you really utilised that side of it. I suppose yeah, you've used that a lot more. Have you also used it when you've been out? You've used it when you've been out walking. Yeah, you, yeah. Well? So, so so again, as I say, I use it when I go down the gym with through the Garmin Connect app, and it's great because by the time that you get back home when I've time to walk back home Garmin Connect's already you know yeah. synced and it's told you what you've done for the your session down there um yeah I've taken out walking quite a few times now actually um and again I, I think it is a it, it is what I love about it is little it's got little features provided you've got to make sure it's locked onto the GPS system before you take it out walking uh before you start your walk it just vibrates on your wrist when you go on or off course mm-hmm. Uh, you don't. You don't even have to be looking at much because it, it just tells you through using. You know, if you've got the vibrate on, yeah. um, it, it, it's got. It's, it's, it's inobtrusive. That's why I've been. Yeah, it doesn't. It's yeah. not. It's, it's not in your face. It's funny because no. just before we walked in the room here, because it's Friday evening. Jay, my wife, is an audit walking instructor. She's leaving an audit walk tomorrow, eight miles up the Northumberland coast. And actually, we walked it last week, and she saved the course on it. And now she just she's just mm. checking how she found it and good. Yeah. And actually, Jay, my wife, is not into GPS units, she's not into the gadget side of things, but she's really taken to the navigational experience she gets with mm. the watch because it's no. not in your face, it's no. simple, it just yeah. it, it gives you the gives her the information that she wants without it being too techie, I think yeah. that's the easiest way to describe it, isn't it? And I think the thing is is that depending what um screen you're looking at when you are navigating a course, what I like about it is is that as you're saying, you know, you can have the time on the face, watch face and yet you've got just a very um, unobtrusive, like little red pointing arrow yeah. to the twelve o'clock where there's a red line on the bezel of the watch, yeah. telling you how much you are on or off course. Exactly right. So you're not sort of like looking at maps. You're not doing anything like that. You, it is, it's just there, it and is. you've just got to see how your little red arrow is relative to twelve o'clock. Mm-hmm. That's all you have to worry about. And as you rightly say, it's on whatever page. So actually, you don't yeah. have to be on a compass page. No. You don't have to be on a map page. On whatever page you're on, even if it's just telling how far you've walked and your average speed or how far you've got to go, you've still got that little red arrow pointing you in the yeah. direction you want yeah. to go to. So yeah. it's it's an intrusive. It's it's a it's a nice experience, isn't it? Really? Oh, absolutely. As I say, and I think at times. You know, when people do, when I do more serious, well, serious walking, I'll have my GPS with yeah. me. The other day, I was out on the downs. Um, I know, I knew where I was going, mm-hmm. um, but again, I just had the watch, I had the time on, and it just was doing all the things a GPS does mm-hmm. f- for me. 
Um, but I didn't have the GPS with me, and it was it was great. It is it was, uh, the other thing yeah. I, I've learned as well is actually there's a lot more to it than what I thought there was. I've had a Phoenix Three on my wrist for many years, and I've kind of played with it. But when we've got into this training for these taster mm. days and things, I, I never realised. I again, I I use maybe forty or fifty percent of it maximum. But actually, once I've learned about all the different aspects of it, it's amazing. Actually, it's it's. There's, it's the simplicity of that navigation, but also there's complexity if you want it to be like any other Garmin product, really, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, but the, this session, training session that you and I did with with Tom, um, you know, I think I realised it was a bit like a TV remote kind of syndrome <laughs> with me that I'd sort of like learnt how to, you know, I taught myself and learnt the basics of the watch. But as you say, even sort of like within all the health widgets, when you start going behind more of the yeah. screens. Um, there is so much more information that is there for you yeah. um, to be looking at. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it, it's really quite incredible. And then you realise, yeah, I really was only scratching the surface of really what there is. And I know that there's a lot more to this watch than mm -hmm. that yet to be discovered by me, I think. It even tells you how long it's going to take to run a marathon, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes, we were that one. Because I think it was quite a long, quite long. <laughs> Little does the watch we do, and even yeah. was a capable of running. Yeah. <laughs> it seems to give us a so, predicted. <laughs> so it yeah. does have some flaws. Yeah. As <laughs> yes, doesn't know the wearer. Right? <laughs> so it's a really good. So I think it is battery life again. I've been wearing mine every day. I wear it as my my wristwatch. And actually, just as I started recording, there, mine buzzed up ten percent low. I recharged mine last weekend. I did a nine mile walk with it over the weekend. I've had it on all all um, all week without charging mm. it. So again, that's that's. I've got a full day's walking out of it, and I've been wearing it as a wristwatch for mm. seven days. Uh, well, six days. Sorry, on the back of it. So it's, it's reasonable battery life as long as we're charging it up before we're going out walking. Well, that's that's what, what I'm finding as as well. Really, that if if you when I was out the other day, it, it, so it was navigating me, so it was locked onto the GPS system, it was navigating me for what it was worth, I mean, I knew where I was going, but anyway, it was on for the whole of the walk, and I think it used about probably 5% of the battery, wow. and and I was out for a good few hours, and um, yeah, it, it still had lots of charging percentage after the walk right. so it's not as if it's you know you you use it on a walk for a day and it's flat or yeah. you know it does it does exactly yeah. what we'd expect yeah. it to do yeah so overall you're pleased with it good purchase brilliant good stuff. yeah <laughs> same here as brilliant well. yes so to find out more about the gps watch taste day in the south downs please go to gpstraining.co.uk click on gps training courses then on the left hand side you'll see gps watch taste days and if you'd like to know more about the phoenix 5 plus gps watch we've just been talking about please go to gpstraining.co.uk click on gps store on the top menu bar then on the left hand side you will see gps watches next thing on this month's GPS training podcast is a chat with Ross and this time he's from Goal Zero. You might remember Ross from a previous podcast, it's our third podcast when he came and we talked about SatMap because he also is a big part of SatMap. We're here to talk about Goal Zero and also about portable power. 
So welcome, Ross, back to the podcast. Thanks, John. Has much happened Good. since you were last? Be nearly two years. I was going to say it's probably a little while. So I think just the SatMap side, yeah, is still going really strongly. Um, I think you guys have. We've seen a bit of a growth with it. We've seen a real good good growth of the, the uh, SatMap. So, uh, and there's a lot of development with SatMap, like we talked about on the last podcast, in terms of the updates and things like that. So it keeps yeah. us op- occupied. But they do. We keep SatMap keeps us occupied. Stop changing those menus on the updates. It drives us all. <laughs> keep it the same. Stop changing. It's not like Tesco's, is it, with the milk? <laughs> so, okay. So first of all, Ross, we're here to talk about portable power. Really. So what what is Portable power, really the most simplest and basic explanation that it is. So most simply, it's just something that has power that you carry with you. So it's usually, for most people associate with like portable battery packs. Um, So yeah, the simplest explanation ultimately would be a a battery pack. Um, You can obviously complicate things or add things to it. So you've got the option of generating power, which goes under the same category so solar is probably the most common one that uh, sort of arises in the outdoor trade or with gps in general Mm -hmm. and then the other bit that most people forget in terms of portable power is what you're actually powering in itself so a phone has its own battery pack in so technically that qualifies as portable power or a, a gps device will have a battery pack built in it so again that's that's portable power i think most people forget that it's it's got batteries it's it's got portable, it's portable power. power so so really we're looking at those initial portable power which is batteries and what we put actually in our case into a gps unit then we're going to look at ways we can produce power to keep those topped up and also other other to power other devices that we have potentially in our rucksack aren't we yeah so we need then to think about people's requirements and the common things that we need to consider when we're thinking about portable power, don't we? So the key things, I think there's three or four key things we need to think about, isn't it, when we're thinking about portable power? So probably the main one and the one that comes up a lot in relation to GPS is how long does the battery last in the actual device? Okay. So that's a big requirement of going, do you need more power than is just provided by the actual device you're using so if we think specific about gps's we're kind of looking for most but most gps's will have a, a day's battery life in there yeah really, so really. it's a big it's a common misconception or a common criticism of gps in especially in the outdoor fraternity of people that say well a gps is great but what happens if the battery runs out mm-hmm. if the battery runs out you should just be replacing it with other batteries it's, yeah. it's the device's battery actually running out isn't really the fault of the gps it's if you haven't planned if you've been out for a certain length of time and haven't planned the battery length of time the battery will last in that device and that is you're out for longer and ultimately it's your your fault for not taking enough provisions for it and that's where the sort of the other big parts have coming in so the other big criteria is how long are you going to be out for right so if you're if your device lasts eight hours and you're out for six then your portable power provision of the battery pack actually in the device is, is enough yeah. um, but if you're going out for 12 hours and your battery only lasts eight hours then you need to make plans for what you do for the extra time yeah. that you're using the device and that goes from just one day to yeah. multiple days or weeks or yeah. months in the case of some of these big expeditions that people do yeah. and so that's all a big thing to decide on so we're looking at something that we're going to charge our unit with or we're going to replenish the power within our unit so we've got a battery of gps that i've got eight hours we're now going to look at some products and some of the ideas about how we can replenish this power so when we're looking at that there's a number of things we need to take into consideration really isn't it 
key one is the weight's probably the main thing for outdoor users it, i mean you could buy a huge battery pack to power your gps yeah. but if you're only out for a day do you need a one yeah. that weighs i mean the, the biggest one that the brand i work for goal zero do Ooh. weighs nearly 50 kilos right, okay. so potentially that you're not going to use that for walking the coast to coast or something like that yeah. and a lot of people who are using looking for that extra power to power their gps device or even their mobile phones we think that into it as well or lightweight walkers who are walking the coast to coast is a fantastic example who are just carrying everything on the back and every gram to them is is important isn't it the other big thing with the weight that again needs when you look at different devices is do you want it to weigh a bit more but last a bit longer okay so how much like power do you actually get from the the battery so the size the capacity of the battery is obviously an important decision mm-hmm. when you're sort of looking at choosing them um and then when we're looking at a, an external power pack to are we looking at this to well there's two ways of looking at it. we either looking to charge our existing power pack or something in a garment world is double a batteries in it so we want something to replace those batteries or charge those batteries within the unit there's lots of options I think, yeah so there's there. there's lots of options i mean an obvious one with a lot of the gps that you sold john is obviously you can buy packs to go in them yep. so as you say with garmin you've got aa rechargeable batteries mm-hmm. whether they be the the Garmin branded battery pack, like mm. for the guys on the video we've yep. got here, um, or is it a, just a set of rechargeable batteries that mm-hmm. you can buy from the supermarket, or mm-hmm. a, like a higher end battery that again that you guys offer, mm-hmm. um, or is it a dedicated power pack that actually fits into that unit? So mm. in the case of Satmap, we obviously do the you the replacement battery that you can just plug into the unit. Yeah. Um, so really, the most basic power pack is just some replacement batteries or replacement power pack if it's sat map active 20 for instance that's the most basic yeah of that really is going it? back to the the criticism we said about gps running out of battery the, the example i always used to have always fallen back on is a head torch yes people generally expect to take spare batteries with the head torch and realistically with an electronic device like a gps it shouldn't really be treated any differently yeah but obviously now head torches are a great example again because most have built-in power packs now so you need the ability to recharge them or change the battery Mm -hmm. for an alternative so let's think about these power packs now there's potentially two products we're looking at replacement double a batteries the most basic portable power or a specific power pack aren't we yeah Uh, which either be fitted into a gps unit in our case or is a standalone power pack that we can use to charge multiple devices isn't it something like that yeah so moving on to Goal Zero, because really Goal Zero are the market leaders in, in power packs and solar panels that will work alongside that. Um, what what have we got? What are the benefits really of these, these, these power packs? So just a brief history of Goal Zero as a brand. They started off as like a charity. So a man went traveling mm-hmm. and came across a community that had no capacity for power. Mm-hmm. So he went after he'd finished traveling, went back to America, designed a concept that it could be installed really simply into their homes to give them lighting and small amounts of power and mm-hmm. sort of took it back and created a trust charity trust from that okay. um, and then the, the products have almost sort of most of the products have grown alongside that yeah. so they still offer like emergency power for disaster zones and ecological okay. events and stuff so it's a nice the brand itself has a really nice story behind it mm-hmm. but the other part is they're owned by a group called NRG okay. that are a huge electronics company in the states mm-hmm. so obviously they've got quite a lot of good investment behind them so they put a lot of there's a lot of design and processing but in terms of goal zero the, the main things that make them different is partly the way they approach it so as a brand they break down 
the products they sell into the categories we talked about earlier. So they yeah. talk about solar in terms of generating the power, yeah. but then, and that's treated as a separate category. They then do storage, so that's your battery packs. Mm-hmm. And again, that's treated as a separate category mm-hmm. with multiple options within both categories. And then they obviously do usage as well. So they do things like lanterns and stuff like that as a way of using the power. Mm-hmm. But for most people, the way they use the power is the device they're actually using. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the actual, to focus on the batteries, some of the main benefits with Goal Zero for the batteries are things like you can through charge with it. Mm-hmm. So through charging means that if you plug your device into the battery pack and yeah. then you plug a power source into the battery pack, in, with most brands, all that will happen is one or the other will charge. So either you'd finish, so say you plugged them in at night, yeah. when you woke up in the morning, your phone would be fully charged, yeah. but the battery pack itself wouldn't have any charge in yeah. it. And it's because the battery pack can't decide where the power goes it just draws it straight into the phone yeah um or you'd find the other thing would be the battery pack would be charged and your phone wouldn't mm-hmm. charge up because the battery pack's told not to give your phone power while it's plugged into the mains <laughs> and it's actually quite a complicated thing to do but with goal zero it basically means that if you plugged it into something the mm-hmm. battery would charge and then it would let the overflow flow into your phone mm-hmm. so again using the same analogy if you charged it overnight when you woke up in the morning you could just unplug both and they'd be fully charged ready yeah. for you to go so that's really important it applies really well to like outdoor users yeah. and walkers because you could have a solar panel on your rucksack yes. and your battery in your bag yeah you could then have your device plugged into the battery and what it means is if the sun went in for example mm-hmm. the battery would just take over yeah. charging and then charge up your device and then when the sun came out the battery would top up but your phone would continue yeah. or your gps sorry would continue to charge that's something I, I i didn't know until this morning until we discussed it i think that's a fantastic concept really actually you know even just at home you know i've got i've got this go zero power pack and i always plugged in my iphone at night charged that then come in the morning plugged in my go zero for the hour before i rushed off well actually now i know i can plug my go zero into the, the mains charge it up my power pack and then plug my iphone in the same time and over Overnight, both things can get charged, and then I leave with two fully charged devices rather than my iPhone fully charged, which is not needed to be charged for the last four or five hours I was asleep. And my goal zero already got 50% charged. So, obviously, you talked about the benefit of it for like outdoor, but like as you say, just for home totally. if you imagine you've got your choice between your battery charger or yeah. your phone when you go to sleep and you've only got the one plug now. Obviously, most people will have more than one plug mm-hmm. if we're honest, but for convenience, you could you could you'd have to wake up in the middle of the night and swap your phone for your battery charger. Whereas with Goal Zero, you could just plug them both in and just plug them into one plug socket. And then when you wake up in the morning, they'll both be ready to go. And as you say, in the outdoor sector, that is not a plug, we'll plug it into it. It could be a solar panel. So as you rightly say, it's working both ways. If if your GPS is full, you can unplug it. It's going to power your your battery pack and then we can charge our phone with that. It's just, it's like having your own mains power supply there, isn't it? And obviously we're talking about length of time being out, so we're potentially talking about long distance walking and things like that. So you'd want to cut down, we discussed weight earlier, but Mm -hmm. the other thing with the weight is, do you want to take two plug sockets to plug both devices in or is it better to just have the one because you could just take one plug, plug your power pack in and then plug your your GPS device into that and you've only... You're only, it's half the amount of weight you're carrying in plugs. Mm-hmm. I think everyone's got the box of cables at home that they yeah. don't really use, haven't they? And that's a good example of when you're out walking that you don't want to be taking too much with you. My wife always moans, what have you got in your rucksack? I walk to work every day in my rucksack. Everything, <laughs> and every adapter in it's got for my, my MacBook, for my mobile phone, for USB. And I need it everywhere. I go, oh, I need it to charge my device. Well, well that's so. one of the big things, I suppose, with Goal Zero that goes back to it is, is the convenience it of is. it. It's that sort of add-on. Um, and the other part that's really important with Goal Zero is because their main focus is this sort of 
like portable power but also it's solar and generating power so a lot of people get quite square scared by the solar message mm-hmm. um one of the biggest misconceptions is you don't need sunlight it just needs to be daylight yeah. obviously the, the brighter it is the better the performance mm-hmm. you get but one of the big things with most of with all the power packs from goal zero is mm-hmm. they'll charge as quickly from a solar panel as yeah. they would from the mains so you're at no disadvantage if you were walking to charge it while mm-hmm. you were walking as mm-hmm. to wait until the evening and plug it in to the mm-hmm. wall at home so brilliant so i think what we need to do is finally to cover it is actually just look at some of the products now i know not everybody's watching we are streaming this live on facebook and we'll also do a youtube film and put it on the website so you need to go onto our website which is gps genuine i think we will end up putting under reviews so if you want to look at the video and you listen to the podcast because i'm going to hold a few things up as we go through the basic so the basic things of of power or the basic, well, we say as well, an Energizer one-hour charger, four batteries, no, £29.99, which gave it the best rechargeable batteries on the market a couple of years ago. Um, and it's, yes, yeah, what a lot of people have in a domestic home, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? I mean, they're great. So you've got the preparedness of charging them up. So you, it's your traditional battery pack, isn't it? You just plug mm-hmm. it in the wall and your four batteries sit inside. And mm-hmm. then, as you say, that one's a really quick charge. So... I mean, the Energizer batteries are what we recommend at SatMap if you're using AA. So yeah. Energizer batteries are the really, batteries really good. Really. A little bit bulky, though. So if you were carrying that in your rucksack, I had a few people doing long-distance trails going, I don't want to carry that with me I was going to say, it's a, it's another plug as well to carry, isn't it? It as is. Well as- and then we kind of move on to the Eneloop. So Eneloop for us, $49.99. Um, and, and fantastic we've had great great uh, feedback from the Eneloop and I'm going to go back to I'm going to go back to the bulkiness I just talked about the Energizer we've got this three pin plug in the back and I actually we had one of these sent back because actually the top pin got broke in the post so oh, actually okay. it shows that in the post it got damaged it was just in a padded envelope so again if it was in my rucksack every day and I shoved my water bottles in my waterproofs yep. in plastic to it on the top potentially can because it again it, I suppose the plug doubles the width of it doesn't it I was say the other damage is well everyone unfortunately He's probably stood on a three-pin plug at some time at home, <laughs> and like if you think about if you're shoving your expensive Gore-Tex jacket in and the plug snags on it or something like that, that, exactly right. that plug sticking out is obviously. Mm-hmm. We actually stuck it back on with super glue. May I? We didn't sell it. It's in our training. Okay. <laughs> so we got around. Make that sure plug. you get that point in. That's why I was raving about the Eneloop because actually I use it on courses. Not that we bought it ourselves. It was just a return product that we did. But they are like obviously with a lot of product, those rechargeable batteries. They're really versatile and they give you the benefit of carrying. Mm-hmm. a battery that's more than just suitable for one product that's sort of a big benefit of them exactly right so pass me the goal zero the the oh, one the... so because this one we've been talking about this is be my revolution of the day because this is a goal zero ten plus which is four double a eight a double bait four double a rechargeable batteries in a little power pack now i know if you listen to the podcast you can't see it look how slim that is yeah the little, power cable on the bottom which is just a usb micro usb at the end so i can plug that in at home i can charge that from home by micro usb usb to the bottom of my iphone socket or my smartphone socket and to be honest i've got four recharged batteries in a really smart looking outdoor product product really and and if i was walking and walking the pennine way and wanted to even though stay in bed and breakfast something like that which is now coming in at 39 pound 99 so we're between our, our two power packs isn't going to get broken in my rucksack is is tough and ready and you can go a bit of wire on the a top, bit of wire top, on top so to hang it with <laughs> yeah hang it with whatever you want to do and it, it is in one box is it's 
and not only can we charge those four AA batteries in there, we can stick in another yeah. battery, or, or we can use it to charge our smartphone, couldn't we? Yeah, so the, like just for the people that are not watching in terms of a reference, the battery chargers we're talking about, the the three-pin plug mm-hmm. ones, I suppose probably the most common thing they're quite similar to is the, the card machines you'd use in the supermarket. They're a similar sort of size to yeah, that, yeah. whereas the Goal Zero products may be size of a, I don't know, like a iPod or something is, would you say so there, it's only a tiny bit bigger than the four batteries that actually go in it mm-hmm. but yeah it's um, it's a it's a funny product because most people associate it with traditional AA battery chargers yes. whereas actually if you talk about a power pack if you were to cover up the batteries in a case it, it literally is like any other USB power bank that you mm-hmm. would buy mm-hmm. so it's got a port in the bottom as you say you can just plug your phone in and charge direct but the other benefit is if you wanted to every battery pack has a capacity with that one if you had four more batteries and those ones were fully charged you could take out the four batteries that are in it replace them with four more and just continually charge the batteries yes so the limit to how big it is is how many batteries do you want Mm -hmm. to carry Mm -hmm. and then you've obviously got the benefit of you can put in a triple a caddy as well so you could charge triple a so for a head torch or Mm -hmm. something like that Mm -hmm. um but ultimately yeah you've also got a power bank built in to yeah. one unit yeah so it's, it's a power it's a battery charger it's also a power bank as well yep. so we can charge our other devices of it as well as charging our gps unit and it's it's, it's got great flexibility out you, it really and it's nice and compact i was gonna it? say and if you needed any other reasons to buy it it's got a little torch on it's it as well torch. which uh, every good outdoor it's either a bottle opener or a, a torch, torch isn't it yeah. for an outdoor product and so. i think for 39 pound i think is a cracking value for money isn't yeah it? it's it really, great yeah you four batteries in again you can get some other batteries to keep that that thing kind of going uh, when you're out and about. I suppose we're going to jump up to Goal Zero, the the larger one now, which is is the Venture Thirty. Venture that one. Thirty. So again, you can't see it on Facebook. It, it's it looks more like a power bank. I would expect. So yeah. Outdoory though, rubbery. Yeah. So it's more of a so it's sort of ruggedized version of the the Guide Ten. So the numbers on the front tell you how big it is. So mm-hmm. a ten is a ten watt hour. Yeah. So we'd usually say that that's like a one charge of a phone maybe yes. slightly more goal zero are quite good at giving you like a realistic expectation of how long it should last um the 30 is three times the power yeah um but it's again the biggest difference is the ruggedized nature of it so it's fully waterproof yes even when you're you have the ports are open mm-hmm. so as an outdoor product it's obviously really good for that it's also what we it also does what we call smart charging okay so it detects how much voltage the device you're charging needs and it regulates how much power it puts out. Mm-hmm. So it's not just pumping out loads of power and the device is only using a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. It actually pumps out the right amount of power for that device. Mm-hmm. And again, you've got multiple outputs on it so you could charge more than one device mm-hmm. and it's got the the lantern, the LED yeah. torch that we discussed earlier. So it's got two normal USB connectors Yeah, two on normal and USB one and mi- one micro, micro USB. USB as well. So it's, yeah, you can charge multiple devices. Yeah, and again, everything's built into the device so the, the cord because of the guys who can't see it the cord is actually wrapped around the outside so it's mm-hmm. sort of built into the unit so there's not that period of where you pick it up and run out the house with it and then mm-hmm. realise you've not taken the cord you need to charge with it and you must add this is mine so it must be good oh, okay I, yeah I can't <laughs> all the time so it's a really nice proper power bank so again sat map users absolutely brilliant for a sat map yeah. you charge a sat map from start yeah to so you probably charge a sat map maybe just under twice right. the sat map's got quite a big battery in it about 5000 milliamps okay. that's 7800 so it is just a case of the maths of 
how many times so, would it add up? So really, your sat-map battery's got in there, and this, you've potentially got three days' power, Yeah. and that's not giving it any charge. That's no. just going out and walking three days, not seeing any power, no solar panel. And, and, and that goes back to where we talked about earlier, about why, how do you, what need do you have? So mm -hmm. do you want to charge it up regularly, or do you want to... So if you, wanted, if you weren't particularly fussed about charging it up on the go, mm -hmm. the smaller battery, like the 10, mm -hmm. that's, you could... That would charge your GPS a little bit, and then mm -hmm. you could top it up, and then mm -hmm. a little bit and top it up. But if you just wanted, you didn't want to carry a solar panel, mm -hmm. or you weren't going to stop in a, you're worried about the weather, or you were weren't stopping at a bed and breakfast over the weekend or mm -hmm. something, the bigger the power pack, the longer it will go for. So as you said, with your fully charged GPS and your fully charged Venture 30, you potentially don't need power at all for three, three, days. three days. Yeah, And if you did need power, we could plug it into the mains or plug it into a USB connector. Um, uh, usually got one of most smartphone sockets will have a yep. USB connector. Or alternatively, we could wheel out a solar panel, couldn't we? Yeah, exactly. And charge it on the go. So we, people on Facebook, we can open up a solar panel. So this is the... So this is one of our... Um, this is one of our monocrystalline panels. Mm -hmm. So this is a seven watt panel. Again, with the numbers, it just tells you how much energy it will generate. Um, we also do laminated panels, which have which are slightly lighter and thinner. So I think they'd probably be the way mm -hmm. forward for you guys, John. Mm -hmm. um, the monocrystalline is your traditional panel. The wires are all built inside, and mm -hmm. yeah, you angle it to the sun. Ideally, about forty-five degrees. You've got then, attachments on it, so you can attach it onto your rucksack, hold yep. it down, it's not going to rattle around and things. And it's it's lightweight, it's 100% waterproof. Yeah, they're fully waterproof, there's mm -hmm. no real electronics in them, and right. they're also really durable, so I don't know, I was going to bang it on the desk, but then realised that for the podcast users, it might be a bit of a wake-up. And then there's just, in that case, there's a couple of cables in the pack, so we can yeah. just plug it in. So again, everything you need, a bit like the battery pack, everything you need to charge is built into the back, so you've got, um, a, you can link it to another solar panel. Yeah. Um, and you've got your plug-in for your batteries and things you can like that. Put that, that straight well. into your batteries, and yep. then you can the USB put output. And that all fits in a little net in the back, or yep. so it's nice and tidy away. So you've not got things rattling around when you're out. Indeed, walking. and yeah, like I say, your battery pack could go in your little net, and you you can hang the, the mm -hmm. solar panel off the back of your rucksack. Now I know this varies according to the the length of or how bright the sun is, but if we're looking at the Go Zero, the Guide Ten Plus, which is the one that had the four AA batteries, and how long would that take roughly to charge up from start to finish? So you'd usually say this, the the size of the panel divided by the size of the battery is how long okay. it would take. So probably somewhere between maybe three hours. Okay. Um, it might be slightly better in really good conditions, and vice versa. It could yeah. take a little bit longer if it's a so bit it's cloudy. It's quite interesting one there because we've got four batteries in three or four hours. If we're out for eight days walking. We could potentially charge the four, replace the other four, and we've got a lot of batteries. Yep. So we could be away for the start of the next day because we don't need it, and we could just keep on top of it. So it's very manageable to do it yeah. in that way, isn't and it? And again, that goes back to what we were saying. That's the other side of the coin from what we said about having a bigger battery. Yeah. So with this one, you yeah, it's a little, it's less power, but it takes a lot less time to charge. Exactly right. So potentially with the thirty. What the one bigger the bigger battery, battery yeah. because if we said stuck with the same size panel mm -hmm. then that would take maybe three times that would take three times longer to charge so potentially 10 12 hours yeah. in in good conditions mm -hmm. so what we would say is if you wanted to use the bigger pack with and recharge it you'd need a bigger solar panel okay. and again that goes back to one of the benefits about goal zero is we don't just sell one kit that yeah. sort of like does everything you can pick and choose depending on mm -hmm. what your device is and things like that mm -hmm. And that's brilliant. I think that's really nicely covered. A a it's not a bit, it's not a complicated. When you get your head around, it's not a complicated mm -hmm. subject. It's just thinking about what you need, what you need to keep you going. What's 
your budget yeah and also how, how often you need mains electricity and, and if you can if you're staying every night it's a very different situation that if you're out day after day walking and we must remember as well the number of people who do the listen to podcasts are, are runners not these 24-hour runs and this kind of yep. thing so they've got to think about what they how they're going to keep their devices going well, well one of the most common things i use mine for is um just charging my fitness watch mm-hmm. so usually i might a flight of fancy decide to go for a run or for mm-hmm. a mountain bike ride and my watch will be flat so i'll plug my watch into it straight away yeah. and then i'll carry that around with around the house with me while mm-hmm. i get the rest of my kit together and mm-hmm. then i'll put it on the car seat mm-hmm. which is nice as well because it's not sliding around on the dashboard mm-hmm. because the cable's not long enough and yeah. things like that and then yeah while i'm getting ready so if i'm biking getting my shoes on getting the bike off the roof rack mm-hmm. it's charging that whole time yeah and then yeah, maybe a lot of people would probably say, well, I should be better prepared. Yeah. But ultimately, in the situations where you're not, it's really handy for that mm-hmm. kind of thing. That's brilliant. Thank you very much, Ross. I think we've tied up that whole subject. So again, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to give us a, a call. If I don't know them, I'll pass them on to Ross. I'm sure he'll help us answer those. To find out more about portable power, just go to our website, which is gpstrain.co.uk, click on GPS store, and then under accessories on the left-hand side, you just click on power and batteries. The next thing on this month's podcast is Ian's FAQ. So I must welcome Ian back to the podcast to talk over some of his most frequently asked questions he's been asked over the past month. Ian, again, is back with us in Northumberland because this month he's leading a GPS training course. Uh, So he's here in person. Uh, So welcome back in person. Thank you very much, John. So a couple of FAQs, or three this month. We've got one Garmin, and then, because we love the sat-map users, and you're doing a sat-map course, we've got two for the sat-map users, haven't we? So the Garmin uh, qu- question you've been asked quite often over the last month, Ian, is... So can I do a track back if I've saved my track? So I've got to the end of my walk. Can I then do a track back? Okay, so normally a track back you would do partway through your walk you could go into track manager and do a track back but if you get to the end of the walk and you've saved so, that track yeah can we do a back track with that track the answer is no right that was a but, quick FAQ but, <laughs> but you can but you can okay. but a different way right so basically what you need to do is that um within the garmin unit when you're looking at the information page um within the track manager by um tapping on the menu whether it's menu button or the horizontal bars, mm. bottom right for the touch screens, then you get an option of copying reverse, copy reverse it's called. Right. Because what because if you think about it, the track would have if you've walked a walk clockwise, that's the way the um track would have been saved exactly right. in a clockwise direction. But if you wanted to do it anti clockwise, then by copy reversing the track, then it will take you in an anti clockwise right. direction. So if you get to the end of the walk and you save that track and you want to reverse it, just go into the track manager, find that track and you can copy and reverse it and then the track will then be the opposite way around. That's it. And you can always see within your list of tracks, which is the one that you reversed, because before the date, if you've just left it as the date and the time of your your track, there'll be a little exclamation mark in Uh front of it. And then that, you know, is the one that's the one that you've just reversed. Brilliant. Fantastic. And the SatMap FAQs. 
this month we've got a double sat map bonanza, Ian, haven't we? We've got we certainly two have, yes. FAQs. First one is, can I lock my screen on the active 10, 12 and 20? Now, the only the 20 is a touch screen, so I suppose this is buttons and screen, isn't it? On, That's on it. Both, well, on each of the units, isn't it? So 10 and 12 are just buttons, yep. 20 is a touch screen and buttons. That's so it, yes. can we lock the unit down so we don't accidentally press buttons or touch the screen on the relevant units? Yes, we can, and it's very simple. All you need to do is literally press the power button briefly twice. Okay. And then you get like a little padlock up here in the top right hand corner and um, then it's all locked down and if then you try and press a, the buttons or the screen um, on either of the units then basically well obviously just the buttons for the 12, 10 or the 12 then it just prompts you do you want to unlock right. the unit Okay. So and you just acknowledge a yes or a no that comes up on the bottom of the screen. Fantastic. So double pe press the power button and that locks it and then we can unlock okay. it by doing the same way. Absolutely, yes. Print. Yep. Fantastic. Next thing is the next bit is how do I change the size of the track dots on the SAP map GPS unit? So you can cross the whole range 10, 12 and 20, changing the size of the track dots on, on each of those units. Right. Well, as we know, um, they actually record what's called a trail. Mm -hmm. So, And then we could do the last bit, which is your track. So what you're <clears throat> seeing on the screen are dots of your trail. Right. And these dots, we can change the size of them. So some people, I met a gentleman not so long ago uh, for a day's one-to-one uh, -one tuition, and his were set very well was like the largest setting and he wanted them slightly smaller and the way that you change them you go into the settings and under the screen data um, options you have the um, option there the bottom one that says the track okay although it's again there's a bit of crossing cross wording between trails and tracks but basically the track um, you you have small, medium, large, mm -hmm. and then so that would affect the size of the dots that you see on your screen. Personally, I find that the large setting, it's just too big because right. it, it hides too much of mm -hmm. what you can see on the map or where your route is or whatever. So I generally have mine on medium. Uh, that's more than good enough. Small's a bit too small, I think. Where's that setting again? You know so it's you? in the screen data options. So it's right down... Um, towards the bottom right. of the menu of settings. So you go into the main menu, go into the settings menu, mm -hmm. and the screen data options are the one that you're looking That's for. That's right down the bottom. Yeah. That's brilliant. Fantastic. So thank you very much, Ian, for your FAQs this month. Don't forget, we have lots of top tips and solutions to all your questions in the GPS Training online resource. Go to GPS Training, click on Online Resource at the top menu bar, and then log in. Select the unit you're looking for, and there's top tips at the bottom of each of those units. Many thanks for listening to this month's GPS Training Podcast. If there's anything you would like us to cover in the future, in future podcasts, or you know people that would be interested to interview, please do get in touch. Give us a call, especially if you're thinking about buying a new GPS unit. And also, please do take a look at both our physical GPS training courses and also our webinars. Just go to our website, which is gpstraining.co.uk, and click on GPS Training Courses.
Please, t- please do tell your friends about the podcast and about GPS training and encourage them to subscribe on whichever podcast app they are using. And don't forget to give us a five-star review in iTunes. It is very much appreciated. Many thanks to Ian and Ross for joining me on the podcast. And I hope you all get out to get plenty of opportunities to get plenty of miles under your belt in the coming months.